1: Welcome back for another episode of the Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz. Harley, I just did a countdown from nine to one because we're in week nine. I can't believe it. We are actually now past the halfway point of the new 17 game season.
0: Yeah, it's still kind of like having a hard time wrapping my head around the 17 games versus 16 games, but it is week nine. And, and like you said, that is definitely past the halfway mark, both figuratively and literally. So we have to look at it this way. It's like, you know what? It, the season is on its downswing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and as we record on Monday night, currently the Kansas City Chiefs are, what, three and four? Um, you got, don't remind me.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm going
1: to say something. My wife's over my shoulder here. She's probably not going to be very happy. And the Cleveland Browns are four and four, right? There's some teams that are kind of not performing to what we expected them to perform to, but because so many of them are doing that, that kind of leaves the field open a little bit, doesn't it?
0: It really does. And there's quite a few teams that are underperforming at times. We saw the Arizona Cardinals, who had the top seed in the NFC on Thursday night, lose to a Green Bay Packers team that was devoid of their entire wide receiver room. Yeah. And then was- you saw a team like uh, the New York Jets, who are starting something called Mike White, and and we end up with them beating handily the top seed going in from the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there's been some teams that have been underperforming, but also some that have been overperforming, and I'm sorry. I I apologize to Bengals fans in advance. They're just a team that I still – I said it last week, I think. I just have a hard time buying it. They're real. Um, The Las Vegas Raiders, same difference, right? And then you see teams like Kansas City and Cleveland, who you expected to do much better, struggling right now. So I think it's going to be an interesting second half. And I do think that the cream will rise to the top. It's a long play. And I believe that some of these teams that have the depth to get through it will help them. I'm sure that there are some bits in the news that you'll probably touch on. I could be wrong, but I think it, that they'll probably be there. Um, so I'm just not going to you know, wait any longer. I'm going to throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News.
0: Thank you, Steve. Monday morning, Denver traded veteran linebacker Vaughn Miller to the Los Angeles Rams. Of course they did, because the Rams needed more studs on their defense. I I really love how the Rams are playing to win every year, while other teams actively stockpile dozens of seventh-round draft picks. I mean, it's as if the Rams are playing fantasy football, but in real life, and the rest of the league, well, You've got a bunch of uh, teams that are basically your perennial also-rans. <laughs> Jameis Winston will miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL, but the team is very fortunate that they have Taysom Hill scheduled to return in week nine. So consider this your one-week warning to sell Alvin Kamara before Hill steals all of his touchdowns. <laughs> Carolina Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold is in the concussion protocol following a head injury sustained Sunday. This injury allowed Darnold to feel the pain that his fantasy owners have suffered the last four weeks while slamming their heads into their coffee tables while watching him play football. (laughs) In related news, Christian McCaffrey is scheduled to return to practice this coming Wednesday. Apparently, McCaffrey was waiting for Darnold to no longer be under center before returning to the active roster. (laughs) And finally, if you had Derrick Henry as your running back one, I feel sorry for your loss. Well, actually, I don't, especially if I haven't faced you yet this season. (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update.
1: Man, isn't that the truth? All those Henry owners now are going to feel the way that everybody else feels. Basically, right? well, again,
0: basically they got a stiff arm from Henry to the face this week.
1: That's, a good that's, so that's the amount
0: of, that's the amount of pain that they're feeling right now.
1: That is a good analogy. Listen, you also mentioned um, Christian McCaffrey. So let me let me um, plug our segments that we're going to do. We are going to do, of course, our normal daily DFS, weekly DFS segment with pay up, stay away and value plays. But we're also going to do a playoff posturing segment. And by that, what I mean is, and we've talked about this in the past, you have to, the hardest thing to do in life is probably assess where you are with certain things, right? Without bias, because it impacts you. It's always easier to give advice than get it, isn't it? Exactly. So with this, you have to be able to look at your team or teams and really be honest to yourself and say, am I a buyer or am I a seller? And am I cruising to the playoffs or do I need to grind to get to the playoffs? So what we're going to do is we're going to do a segment called playoff posturing, and we're going to talk about a couple of running backs, a few wide receivers, and a tight end that if you own them, your outlook should be different based on whether you're a cruise to the playoffs or if you're grinding to try and get there. Sound good?
0: Sounds good.
1: Do you want to start there or do you want to start with DFS this week?
0: Let's start with the uh, conversation there that you uh, brought up about the playoffs. So, okay. yeah, it's it's playoff season uh, in roughly four weeks for most leagues, four or five weeks depending on how your league is set up with the extra added week to the season uh, in the fantasy football world this year. But there's a lot of teams right now that, when you look at where your place is in the standings, you might already be in a playoff situation where it, you need to win this week. To keep yourself in contention. Now, uh, that can really dramatically alter what you're going to do in the short term. Yes. In addition to what you're going to do in the long term.
1: So, short term and long term, there are two running backs, and unfortunately, I'm, in, I'm invested heavily in both, and actually have a league where right? I am invested in both. Um, but I think they're a good, good duo to look at. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. We already know that McCaffrey's heading back to practice. If you own him and you are grinding to get to the playoffs, do you trust starting him or do you deal him to somebody else? Maybe they're in a better position and they're they're cruising to the playoffs, right? And they have some depth that they can offer you because you need to get a win now. Right? So Well you-
0: if you if you did draft Christian McCaffrey, like I have to admit I have him on a lot of my teams this year, both in redraft and in Dynasty. But if if you have him, then the depth on your team was probably already challenged a little bit because in a draft format, if you took Christian McCaffrey with one of the top two or three picks in your draft, that means you ended up uh, either having to get really, really lucky in the second and third round with who fell to you, or uh, he, he's basically one of the main pivot points of your roster, one of the one of the linchpins, if you will. So
1: Yeah, or you pick uh, up his... an Elijah Mitchell or a Khalil Herbert or something like that possibly, right? In waivers.
0: Exactly. If he got lucky.
1: So here's the thing. And I guess that's what I'm saying. If you own Christian McCaffrey and you know that you look like you're still going to make it to the playoffs rather easily because you worked the worked the wire well, right? Or you yes. draft, drafted and hit a couple of you know silver dollars in the draft later, I think you sit on McCaffrey. There's no reason to trade him. He can only totally help make totally your team agree. that much stronger. However... You drafted him and you've been grinding and you know that you really can't afford a loss this week or next week or the week after. McCaffrey, even though the production has been there due to injury, still has name recognition that you should be able to flip him for a couple of running backs, maybe of lesser ability or perceived ability or a running back and wide receiver or wide receiver tight end, depending on where your needs are. And I think you have to do that. I think you have to, at this point, you have to cut bait with a player like McCaffrey or Barkley if... You need a win this week.
0: Well, and I think that it's going to be easier to pull off a trade like that this week. Uh, e- even last week wouldn't have been as bad, but it was really, really hard to do that. If you were in, in need of a victory back in week seven, just because of the sheer number of players that were sure. on by, yep. uh, teams are basically using every single roster spot they had on their available rosters to field an active team. Uh, now that the bipocalypse has passed and, uh, we're into back into more like regular scheduled uh, weekends off for teams with only like one or two teams on buy going forward most weeks. I think it's much much easier to pull off on of those deals now. And again, these teams that have already secured their place in the playoffs, they, they're always there's always going to be someone willing to buy a guy like McCaffrey or yep. buy a guy uh, any top tier player Devonte Adams a a Tyree kill. If, if someone is willing to offer them to them, they're always willing to buy them. And what you'll find is that these teams will oftentimes give more than is necessary to get those players. Yep.
1: And honestly, you should be targeting the better teams, the teams that have the depth that you need. And the selling point is, look, I know I've got a long shot to make the playoffs. So that's why I want to make this deal. And you know, if I make it, fine. Maybe I see you in the playoffs. If I don't, you're probably still going to make the playoffs. And imagine if you get into the playoffs and now have Christian McCaffrey and he's healthy and he's playing. It's one of those win-win. It's a risk. It's a risk initiated type trade that can work for both people. And I think that's how you have to attack it with a running back like CMC and Barkley.
0: Well, in addition to those two, I think you can pro- kind of put uh, David Montgomery in that range too right now.
1: Yeah, you probably exactly. You probably could, and, and but he's got a little more risk right now. Um, you've got a few hours that you could try and hopefully trade him before the trade deadline and use that as a pitch, right? Um, exactly. But Khalil Herbert has shown to be rather um, adept. solid, adept at you know his replacing him. So there may be some. Worry that maybe he doesn't come back to the same load or something, and it takes a little longer for that to happen. But still, well, you, you could say the premise. same thing about same uh, Chuba
0: Hubbard in Carolina. I mean, he certainly hasn't been—he hasn't been Christian McCaffrey, but he's been a solid villain for Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, but there's there's also that that small difference between a McCaffrey. Well, some, there's type, some
0: name swag with McCaffrey, yes.
1: and I was going to say, and it doesn't mean that it holds up when you look at any kind of data, but it's something that we have in our heads and. You just don't expect somebody to, to hold a person like McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, your top players out of the lineup, no matter how well they've played, right?
0: It's- okay, well, uh, I guess uh, for a fun little experiment here, what would be the bare minimum that you as a team that needs to win now would, would need to sell McCaffrey?
1: So, see, that's the hard thing to tell you because it's different for every team based on your needs, you know, what am I starting at wide receiver two and three, possibly? I may have a solid wide receiver one, but my hole has been two and three, and I was able to cover McCaffrey through the wire with Elijah Mitchell and Khalil Herbert. So I don't need CMC possibly as a running back. I need him to help my, my wide receiver or tight end position. So I just, to me, it just really, it's, it, it's really a one-off situation if you have him and you're selling him. You have to really truly look at not what's making your team better for the long run, as much as what's making your team better for this week and maybe next week to start with because it's a grind, right? And you can't get to the playoffs if you don't get through this week. So I'm more focused on now, which means it's harder for me to say who I want this week versus who I want next week. I I guess
0: I meant that more generalized per se. That Would would you need to get back a running back, uh, roughly running back 12, 13, and a wide receiver in the 20 range or –
1: Again, I don't want to be too general, but I have to be because I'm looking at it, at it from both ends. Like I know people say, you just start the guy that's going to get you the most points and don't worry about your opponent. No, I'm sorry. I'm also going to worry about my opponent. I want to see who I'm facing and how hit or miss they've been. And do I need safe, solid points or do I need bigger boom points type thing? Um, yeah, I'm still. I would try to get a lower running back one, higher running back two and a wide receiver two that's got some upside to wide receiver one for a guy like CMC. But that doesn't mean that's what I would take. Uh, I may take less if it's going to work for me.
0: Exactly. Again, it's all about knowing your situation. And again, like you said, you have to know what's in play, just in this week and next week. Maybe if again, if you're in in that range where you maybe have like three wins, or uh, or just four wins, or you're you're in a division mm-hmm. maybe where you might have three or four wins, but the top team in your division has six or seven wins right now. Yep. And you really it's, need, I mean, this is, again, this is the start of your playoffs. This is your must win. Exactly. First week of the playoffs.
1: I think it's almost kind of like saying, like, how we talk about football players needing to have situational awareness, where Michael Carter this weekend, luckily his miss, he had a partial situational awareness. I don't know if you saw the play, but it was, I think it was, I don't know, second down maybe. And, he was heading out of bounds, and you could see the coaches and everybody, like, it was like one of those slow-motion things where you could see everybody saying, get down, stay <laughs> in, and he went down a yard short of the marker when he could have easily gotten the first down and still stayed in bounds. So he kind of had partial situational awareness, right? Um, you've yes. got to be completely aware of your entire situation, and that's how you're going to make those decisions. Um, it's hard to just lump it together and say, this is what I would do.
0: Okay, well, we, we talked about a couple of running backs there with uh, Saquon and yep. and Christian and Mac- Montgomery. Uh, how about other positions?
1: Sure, so let's talk wide receiver. I've got three guys here that are all kind of slightly different situations. Um, Devontae Adams, clearly one of the top dogs at the wide receiver position, but he's out with COVID right now. And you don't know how long he's going to be out. Is he expected to come back? Does he have a setback? Will it impact him? Again, we're talking about you need a win this week, next week, et cetera, right?
0: Yeah, and it's interesting with Devontae. So uh, when he came down with uh, – uh, he actually tested positive for COVID. and He wasn't one of those guys who was in the room with someone or something like that. Uh, Ellen Lazard, I, I don't know if Lazard tested positive or not, or if he was just in the room with Devontae. But Lazard was actually activated off the COVID list this morning, and he was back at practice. Right. Adams, however, did not come back yet to practice. So, again, I believe that Adams actually did have or does still have COVID, uh, but Lazard does not.
1: And that's what's going to make him tough to rely on if you need that win this week, right? Because no, it does, does you no good if he can't play and you, you have that big hole in your lineup. And he is somebody that you know is likely going to be back in another week even if you know he does come back but you have to get that win. So you got real good name recognition recognition and you should get a top flight guy and a half back, right? You should get a top flight wide receiver back. Maybe, you know, it's somebody that just hasn't quite performed exactly how somebody was hoping. They're like, Hey, at least this is a small upgrade for me. Um, and you could get that running back that you need, or maybe it's two running backs, and you have enough wide receiver depth. I don't know, but I think Adams is one of those key guys that if you're grinding and you own him, you can sell him to help yourself in the short term easily without even hurting yourself in the long term. Quite honestly, right? And if you well, yeah, and I, I
0: agree, and I, I think that uh, uh, there's something to think about too here. I mean, uh, Devontae Adams is is an elite wide receiver, but. A lot of us saw the Devontae Adams from last season that was beyond an elite. Uh, Devontae Adams last season was the Christian McCaffrey of wide receivers. He was beyond elite. He was the super elite, if you will, taking a page from the fine folks over at AEW. Uh, It's a a situation where it's like he has not been quite that super elite this year. He's, He's still been very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I could see a team uh, from a redraft standpoint, not, not a dynasty mm-hmm. standpoint, Correct. obviously, Correct. but I, I could see a team possibly part with a Debo Samuel or a Jamar Chase or a C.D. Lamb yep. plus a piece yep. to get the chance to move up. And I, realistically, I don't know if the, there's that dramatic of a drop off between Adams and Samuel and Chase and Lamb at this point
1: but he has that name swag and name
0: swag. We've coined the new phrase here, I think.
1: Yes, we did. Um, and you know, (laughs) but the thing is, if you're in that role where you're seven and one and you've got a healthy lead and you know, you're making it to the playoffs and you think that he offers you that much of an upgrade, right? Because of depth Mm -hmm. or whatever, why wouldn't you do that? You absolutely should do that. So that's, that's one of those guys. Another guy, this one's a little more difficult, I think. Um, and some guys had him, you may have been one of them, as their wide receiver one this year. Not a wide receiver one, but the wide receiver one. And that's Calvin Ridley. And with Calvin Ridley, it's more along the mental health lines. We're not sure if he's going to play football again.
0: Yeah. I, and I still don't know if we really know exactly what the story is with him. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, he didn't go with the team to London for their uh, game uh, there. And I think a lot of people were thinking, well, maybe it's a COVID based issue where he wanted to uh, not make it public what his uh, standing was. But he knew he wouldn't be allowed into the country or had to have trouble getting back into the country. Right. It was just listed as personal issues. Uh, unfortunately, it, it sounds like now it's much, much, much more and much deeper than that. Yeah. And again, I mean, obviously, you uh, one's personal mental health is so much more important in the long run than any uh, professional sporting game. Yep. Uh, But again, I mean, as a person who has had a few shares of uh, Calvin Ridley, but not an excessive amount this year, it's still very, very hard. Uh, I mean, when, when you're a fantasy owner and Derek Henry or Christian McCaffrey or something like that suffers a horrible injury, and you lose them because of that. It almost doesn't hurt as badly as a player just woefully stepping away from his team uninjured. Uh, but when you think about those, like you, you have to as a fancy owner, you have to take that into your mind and say, but no, he actually is injured. Yep. He's got a mental injury and that's just as much an issue as a physical injury. Again, on paper or saying it out loud, it might not feel that way to you but it is.
1: So here's where we are, though, trade-wise. When somebody has an AECL, an MCL, a twisted ankle, a high ankle sprain, et cetera, usually there's a medical diagnosis that lets you know they're out two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, and you have a rough idea. Everybody's different, but you have a rough idea what to expect, right? Yes. With Ridley's, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that he's having the issue, but from a fantasy standpoint, if you have him rostered, The name recognition is going to be offset by the unknown of if or when he comes back, right? Even though the selling point is when he comes back, he should be physically in fantastic shape because it wasn't a physical injury. It was a mental injury. But because you don't know if he is going to come back or when, right, that's going to give you a Mm -hmm. hit. But if you own him and you're grinding, I don't see how you can't sell him. Even if it is for what's considered pennies on the dollar, even if it was to get two wide receiver threes, this is a spot though where if you are you are at the top of the league and you're cruising to the playoffs, he's absolutely a fantastic stash. If you can afford to give up those oh, kind of players, it,
0: if you're if them. you're like a scared a playoff spot already and you haven't made an offer to the Ridley owner already, you're doing it wrong.
1: Yep. Now, here's another guy. Uh, I'm liking
0: a little bit of it, though. In the case of Ridley, uh, a little bit of that is similar to uh, people who have held on to Deshaun Watson through his uh, prolonged battle with uh, the Texans. Obviously, it's a completely different animal in terms of the reason why Deshaun Watson's not playing. But again, there's a huge, huge perceived value. And again, it's not injury related why he's not playing.
1: And he has, handi- he has handicapped some teams. I'm saying that because I know because I picked him up late in drafts and being stubborn refused to move him because I knew that this was what it could take. But guess what? I will be free of him if I need to be by tomorrow, tomorrow because the trade <laughs> will have come and gone. And if he hasn't been traded, then he's the easy, quick cut. Um, yep. Last wide receiver, slightly different scenario, um, not as dominant as Devontae Adams although he has been, um, doesn't have a mental health issue like Calvin Ridley, is a true injury, I believe. Um, But Antonio Brown, who was drafted late, who's been performing pretty well, if you own him and you still need a win, you can't be without that wide receiver most likely. So you do the same thing with Antonio Brown in my mind.
0: Well, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I believe, is is this week the Tampa's on by?
1: Oh, you know, I have to double check. I believe so, but let me check that real quick and I can tell you. We'll call some dead air here for a minute and I'll go blah, blah, blah. The,
0: the we'll- reason I say this is because I, I remember reading someplace this morning, and again, I don't know if they're talking in regard to this week or not, but uh, Bruce Arians coming out and saying that both uh, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown will be back following the bye. So that means neither of those two is playing this week. Correct. Uh, but... It sounds like if if force came to shove, either of them probably could. But he he basically has made it abundantly clear that they will both be back after the buy. If this is the buy this week, then that means you weren't going to have them anyways. So correct. If you're looking, if you if you needing to get into the playoffs, you'd be you'd be looking to trade both of them right now anyways. And in the case of Brown, I think there's a good argument for trading him anyways because of the fact that. Let's say he is fully healthy. Let's say he comes back in Week 10. He's still one of three wide receivers in a very prolific offense. Yep. But he's still one of three options, in addition to Gronkowski and Brait and the backs out of the backfield, to catch the ball. Now, Tom Brady, as we saw last week, is not going to throw for five touchdowns every week. He probably will throw for three every week. But, again, there's no guarantee that Antonio Brown will catch one of those three every week. So I think that he had such a solid start to the season that when teams read that he'll be back in Week 10, I think he's actually going to be a pretty easy flip for you.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing, too. If you're needing the win, right, and you're the grinder, okay, you're without Antonio Brown this week, and you need him. He's coming back from an injury, even though, Arian says he should be good to go for week 10. I tend to be a little more hesitant putting those players back in the lineup week one back because you really aren't 100% sure what you're going to get with them, right? So now if that's the case, I'm looking at if I'm the owner of Antonio Brown, that means I'm two weeks out. That means I'm three weeks before I can get a return from him. So, yeah, I'm absolutely going to try and move him, and hopefully it's to a person that has the depth maybe I can get a couple of different wide receivers. Don't hurt that guy's depth that much so that they can use him. And it's just, they're the kind of win-win trades you have to look for to make things happen.
0: Well, and again, if, if you consider that uh, your league probably will have playoffs in weeks 14, 15, and 16, uh, he actually doesn't have a great schedule down in the playoffs. He's, he's facing the bills, the saints and the Panthers. Uh, bills obviously have, One extremely good cornerback and a second cornerback that's pretty good. The Saints same situation. They have one extremely good cornerback, and you got the Panthers who have now traded for two or three different very good cornerbacks. So,
1: yeah. Um, So, all right, let's move to tight end. There's really I had a couple guys we that we could have talked about, and then I looked and I was like, now there really is just one. There really is, and that is. George Kittle.
0: Well, I was, I was hoping you're going to talk about my favorite tight end, who's out right now, Logan Thomas. But uh, uh, yes, no, I'm, I'm cool with talking about George Kittle. Uh, much the same as Antonio Brown, George Kittle uh, is scheduled to come back, and, and and in Kittle's defense, he's actually scheduled to come back this week, which is obviously going to be a boost for him. Now, for whatever reason, George Kittle has become a player that's kind of synonymous with missing time due to various injuries. And it's not because he's soft in any stretch of the imagination. It's more because he is a hard player. Yeah. He When he's playing out there, if he's not involved in the particular route, he's getting down there and dirty in the trenches. He's really, his body takes a beating every single week because of how hard he plays. And so yes, he's missed games pretty much every year of his career, but he's always finished his career as a top three tight end. Now, in the current day and age right now, uh, there's a lot of question marks, even just going into the season, if he would remain a top three tight end. Uh, We've got uh, three or four tight ends now behind him coming up that are increasing their, their profitability going forward, where they're almost feeling like they might pass George Kittle if they already haven't passed him.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Kittle's got that name swag too, right? And yes. if you're a grinder that needs a win and you may go, hey, he's coming back. Again, I'm not a big fan of playing guys coming off of multi weeks missed in their first week back. So he's somebody I easily look to try and flip based on. Look, he's been not just a good tight end when he's played, right? He's yes. been otherworldly at times. So again, use that name swag try and help yourself so that you're positioned to look better for wins this week and next week and beyond. And look, the tight end position is a crap show for the most part. I guarantee you you'll find one of those league leaders that probably doesn't own Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or TJ Hawkinson and is looking to shore that position up.
0: Well, uh, again, I, I like to look ahead to the schedule and see how that plays into things with him. Uh, Kittle's actually got a really, really gorgeous schedule. Uh, this week, uh, he's got a little bit of a tougher matchup. If he comes back, it's uh, going to be against the Cardinals, who, after being a tight end whipping boy for many, many years, have actually, uh, over the last year and a half, I think they acquired uh, Justin Simmons last year in the draft.
1: Isaiah uh, hybrid, Simmons. Isaiah Isaac Simmons,
0: Simmons, the hybrid uh, safety slash linebacker, who's done a very, very good job of shutting down cornerbacks. Uh, but then... Uh, following them, they face the Rams, and tight end is one position you can beat them with. Uh, Although I don't know if Von Miller will maybe do some of the coverage on tight ends there, but uh, you've got guys like uh, the Jaguars coming up in Week 11, the Seahawks in Week 13, Bengals 14, Falcons 15, Titans 16. If your league plays into Week 17, the Houston Texans, who are the worst team in the league against tight ends right now, there is a lot of potential value uh, for George Kittle to a team that uh, wants to acquire him, now, remember, so if you're that team that needs to acquire, uh, that's looking to acquire him, go for it.
1: But again, let's, because you just painted such a rosy picture. You're making that person that's grinding go, oh, I can't do without George Kittle. I love George Kittle. God, that schedule. Wake up, snap out of it, okay? Situational awareness, you need a win this But what week. about
0: George Kittle's smile, though? It's, it's such
1: a sweet smile. And the hair, <laughs> and the hair. I get it, I get it. It's tempting, but situational, situational awareness says there's a risk that he plays limited snaps, his return game back, all the things that you can't have happen. Turn the name swag into profits for now, okay? And worry mm. about later as you get the chance to worry about later.
0: But again, though, if, if you're going to deal him, if you're looking to deal him, sell that schedule. Sell that schedule coming up here because it is a juicy, juicy sales point.
1: But don't sell yourself to not sell him because it's so so juicy mm-hmm. when you're selling it. But a trick could be as you're trying to sell it and you're talking to the guy, I say, you know what? The more I think about it, maybe I shouldn't even be talking to you. And then all of a sudden they might say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How about if I, right? So... Negotiate.
0: Negotiation's fun.
1: Yes, it is. It's probably mo- mm-hmm. the most fun I have in fantasy football, quite honestly. So, so there you go. We gave you some targets both to sell and to buy depending on your situational awareness of are you grinding towards the playoffs or are you cruising there and you're just looking to stock the cabinet so that when you get there you can unleash a bevy of hellfire on your opponents.
0: Again, though I said it all comes down to you taking that moment and take that moment this week, even before the waiver wire comes up, because this is the week. This is the week that you need to identify where you what. What is your lot for this season from a fantasy football standpoint?
1: And we just had a Gore sighting, by the way, during the Monday night football game.
0: Uh, well, it wasn't Frank Gore though. It may, it may have been his grandson, though. I, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Frank's been in the le- been around the league so long that could be possible.
0: It's, it's Someone named Derek Gore. Uh, I'll I have to go out to DraftKings and see how many people had him in their captain slot in the showdown millionaire tonight. I'm sure there are quite a few.
1: Well, he scored a touchdown, so that'll be a good thing for them.
0: Um, uh, either, either him or Kyle Rudolph, who caught the earlier touchdown for the Giants. Uh, both of those guys were... Uh, in the like $400 range on the uh, showdown slate for uh, captain slot. So I'm sure some people put him in there. I, I took a shot on uh, Blake Bell today in my captain spot for one of them, and then another one I've got Brian, uh, Byron Byron Pringle. So well. I, I'm, I'm kind of playing that same angle, but I know that some people probably uh, took a shot on Rudolph or on... Uh, mr gore here and they got paid off handsomely for it
1: well mr rudolph has one of my favorite lines of all time one target one catch one yard one touchdown
0: i don't know i really like the line that joe mixon started the game with yesterday it's like three carries for negative one yards and a touchdown and one catch for zero yards <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> it, was, it was first four touches
1: <laughs> so okay so there you go that's our segment for this week we are going to move into DFS now, and we're going to give you some pay-ups, stay and value plays. For anybody that's new and tuning in, um, Harley and I do not discuss this in advance. With that said, Harley sets an over-under, and then I will decide if we're going to match it, beat it, etc. So go ahead, Harley. What's the over-under this week?
0: This week we are looking at five.
1: Against my better judgment, I'm going to take the over. I have a feeling we push.
0: This feels like a push week again. Uh, On a weird Halloween weekend this past weekend where just crazy gadzooks things happened, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if we push here on this number. Again, we won't be giving you Blake Bell or Byron Pringle or Derek Gore as recommendations, obviously, because they're playing tonight. Uh, but these are players that you can play in the millionaire slates on DraftKings and FanDuel this coming Sunday. Uh, so, again, all of our prices are based on DraftKings and FanDuel pricing. Uh, but we'll start off at the quarterback position with our pay-to-play. And my pay-to-play is going to be uh, the top-priced quarterback on the board, Josh Allen at 8200 on DraftKings. He is $9,000 on FanDuel, which is a little bit high for my liking, particularly for a quarterback. But they're facing a defense that is very easy to run against. So now, why are you saying, oh, wh- why do I want to play the quarterback against a team that's easy to run against? Well, that's because Josh Allen is the best running back on Buffalo.
1: Yes, like a Clydesdale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when your competition for carries is Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, both of whom I really like, by the way, I'm going to get on a little soapbox for a second. I like both those guys and I'm really frustrated that they don't get the touches that they probably deserve. Uh, Either one of those guys would be a better option for a team like Tennessee than going out and sending a retread like Adrian Peterson. (laughs) But uh, obviously Josh Allen, he's the guy who calls his own number far too often. And against Jacksonville, uh, he's going to get 70 to 80 yards on the ground on top of probably two or three touchdowns through the air. Uh, they don't have Dawson Knox right now. Although it sounds like he may amazingly come back with his fractured hand to play in this game, I didn't think he had a chance to play for another couple of weeks. But apparently he might. But if Knox is out again, that opens up some more uh, red zone opportunities for Ellen to steal the ball and steal the show for himself too.
1: Yeah, didn't he have a late touchdown that cost um, people on the Dolphins plus points of cover <laughs> this weekend? I think yeah, I speak from you know experience on that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so we have a match.
1: Um, I honestly did not want to pay up for Josh Allen, though, just because I don't like quarterbacks. Those um, no, his price is high. So I was like, well, okay, let's see. Can I pay up for somebody that I like and still save some money? And honestly, I went all the way down. I was like, well, how about Pat Mahomes? I don't actually love the matchup, even though it's in Kansas City. Um, won't fault you for paying up for Patty. Um, then I slid down. I was like, I really honestly like Joe Burrow mm-hmm. at home this week. I think we see Cleveland actually go into Cincinnati and win, so I think there'll be some garbage time for Mister Burrow. But I'm sorry, at 6,900, I'm sorry, 68 and 7,600. I just feel guilty saying that's a pay up. So I landed back to Josh Allen as my pay up, also.
0: Yep. And again, there's there's some decent uh, guys a few hundred dollars cheaper than Allen. Yeah. Uh, Rogers and Patrick Holmes in the game against each other. It could be a shootout. It, it could be a dud too, for all we know. I, well, um,
1: I want to love Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know what he's going to have to throw to.
0: That's exactly why I didn't choose Aaron Rodgers again. It's, it sounds like, obviously, like Lazard is back. Uh, but, yeah, we, we're out there, and, and, I mean, they're looking at a receiving core of Equanimia, St. Brown, Amari Rodgers, and Aaron Jones last week. Aaron Jones was basically one of their three starting wide receivers, along with the, those two and Randall
1: Cobb. Yeah, and don't <laughs> let Randall Cobb fool you. He had, like, a Kyle Rudolph-type line, right? <laughs> Two catches, three catches, eight yards, twelve yards, whatever it was, and two touchdowns.
0: Like exactly, it,
1: the, the touchdowns are going to skew people's thoughts of what and how he was involved. So, well,
0: who yeah, are you staying so the, away from? We got we have our first match ready, which is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, who are we going to stay away from? I think we might get a match here.
0: Um, I you know I thought about playing Kyler Murray because so we don't know his injury status right now. Yeah, uh, San Francisco isn't a great defense, but they're not a horrible defense. Uh, I decided instead to slide down a little bit on the pay scale. The Again, same thing with Dak Prescott. I didn't want to take him because I, I agree we on. don't know exactly what his injury stats is. It sounds like he's probably going to play. Probably could have played on Sunday night if he had to. Uh, so I went even a little bit further down the list. I went with Jalen Hurts at 6,700 on drafting, 7,800 on FanDuel. That 7,800 on FanDuel just does not sound appealing to me. Uh, only one team has allowed fewer passing touchdowns than the Chargers. Oh, yeah. And get this. Jalen Hurts managed to only net 103 scoreless passing yards and 71 scoreless rushing yards in a game where his team scored 44 freaking points. How the heck does that happen?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know exactly um, because they decided to take the game off the TV because it was such a blowout. Anyway, um, we match. I I agree with you. Like I I saw some guys, like I said, I could have said Rodgers because – Who's he going to have at wide receiver? Kyler Murray, I was like, ah, the same thing for you. He's got the injury that he's dealing with. Dak Prescott, if I knew he was definitely playing, he probably would have been my stay away just because of the Denver defense.
0: Denver um, defense is legit, yep.
1: But I don't think even Even it.
0: without Von Miller, they're still, they're still
1: legit. Yeah, but but I – well, that's a hit for him, quite honestly, but still. But, yeah, um, because he's been out, you know, with an injury too. So, but, yeah, so I, I landed on Hertz because – and this was the first week that Hertz has really laid a dud fantasy-wise – but there's no sense. Uh,
0: imagine, imagine though, you're a Jalen Hurts fantasy owner, yeah. And you fell asleep early on Sunday, took a, like a little mid afternoon nap. You woke up and you, you saw the score flash on the screen, forty four to, uh, was it forty four to six or something like oh, yeah, that at the end? forty four to
1: six. It's you're, like you're, yes, you're yes, yes,
0: yes. Got... And then you look at the box score. And it's like what hurts like seven points. What yeah. the <laughs>
1: yeah. you would you would honestly think that. He had a 30-plus point game. And then when you looked and saw he only seven points or whatever it was, you'd think, oh, my God, did he get hurt? What happened? Well, and of course you see
0: Gardner Minshew's stats in there, too. It's like, well, did he get benched at some point? Right,
1: yes. So, yeah, wonderful. Okay, two for two. Let's make it 3 for 3
0: Well, I I have a feeling that your wife will approve of my value play, which is Baker Mayfield, Cleveland at Cincinnati this week. Um, Yeah, so Mike White just – put 405 yards on Cincinnati. I have to admit, I had to look up who Mike White was before that game. I did not know much about Mike White and, uh, he went off against Cincinnati Cincinnati's defense is bunko. I'm sorry. They're not real.
1: <laughs> that is true. So for what it's worth, Baker is not the first name I wrote down. I went a little bit more money, believe it or not, initially, um, I want to love Taysom Hill this week, but can I trust that it'll be Taysom Hill? We can't. Exactly. And because of that, I scaled back and I landed on Baker too. So we're three for three.
0: Wow. Uh, Actually, I kind of considered uh, Tua Tagovailoa this week, but uh, again, until tomorrow, we don't know if it's going to be him starting for Miami either.
1: (laughs) Right, or Deshaun, which is always a possibility. Or Deshaun, (laughs) yeah.
0: Deshaun didn't even make my price list this week. Uh, He must be below five thousand right now.
1: I have a feeling it's going to be a bunch of nothing. I don't think there's going to be a deal, Um, but it'll be interesting if it happens. That's for sure. Because then does he go to the commissioner's exempt list right away? Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, the commissioner has said he's not going to. But uh, again, I I think that we can take that and a two-dollar bill and maybe buy ourselves a cheeseburger at McDonald's these days.
1: So, for what it's worth. I didn't think that we'd go three for three. I thought that. At first, I did
0: not think we had a chance at three for three at quarterback.
1: I, I thought that if there was anybody we were going to match on, it was Hertz, honestly. Um, I think now we have a chance to go five for five. Wow. So who are you paying up for at the running back position?
0: Okay. Well, at the running back position, I'm going to go ahead with the player who I actually told people to leave on their bench this week because I wasn't sure whether or not he was even going to play up until about uh, midway through the afternoon.
1: When he said he that was, was playing Neckler.
0: himself, yeah. <laughs> um, Austin Eckler gets the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, over the last six weeks, Philadelphia has allowed an average of 173 combo yards per game to opposing running backs to go along with 10 total touchdowns. Uh, Eckler played through the injury last week. He topped a hundred total yards again. I apologize to all the people that I said, sit him. Hopefully if I told you to sit him, I, I told you to start someone else that had a good day uh, because I really did not think he would play the full game if at all. And obviously he did. And he was very, very good. And I learned my lesson. And I'm not going to tell you to sit at Eckler anymore.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, so we're four for four. I think, think
0: 7, go ahead I say 7900 on DraftKings is not a bad price for Eckler this week
1: no not at all I, I gave some consideration to Alvin Kamara I thought that you might think that that's the way I would lean um I love the matchup I don't love the unknown if it is Taysom Hill all day long um even 50 50 you know what I mean um, well
0: and we saw some interesting trends last year in regard to uh both Michael Thomas when he was active and Alvin Kamara with Taysom Hill at quarterback and Again, uh, Kamara not being used properly a lot last year with Taysom Hill at the quarterback, both in the passing game as well as, obviously, at the red zone, in the red zone at the stripe, where Taysom Hill likes to steal the touchdowns for himself.
1: Taysom Hill, a poor man's Josh Allen that can't throw as well?
0: Uh, he, well, I was going to say it took Josh Allen three or four years to figure out how to, how to throw in the league, so maybe True. Taysom Hill's just a year or two away.
1: Possibly. All right, who is going to be your stay away? This is this is where it's going to get interesting. I really think we should have a match. Maybe we don't. Maybe I went too far down the list, but go ahead.
0: Well, I also went kind of far down the list on this one, too, because, again, I, I thought about saying, well, stay away from Christian McCaffrey in his first game back, but uh, that should just be obvious. New England's very tough to run against. The price is way too high. I thought about Delvin Cook going into Baltimore, but... You, know, you actually can you can run the ball a little bit against Baltimore. It's it's actually their passing game that's been much much yep. uh, much much better uh, in terms of a defensive standpoint. Uh, so yeah, I kind of slid down the list a little further a little further. Uh, Sa- Saquon, if he comes back, if he comes back, it's a good matchup. Uh, I went with James Robinson, who is currently day to day with his, uh, I think they said heel injury, uh, but. It basically, they said that if he had to, he could have returned to the game last week, but it was just so out of, like, just completely horrible split score at that point that there was just no reason to put him back in there. Uh, his price is 6400 on drafting, 7500 on on FanDuel, and th- they're facing Buffalo. Buffalo's allowed a total of four running back scores all season long. Three of those four touchdowns went to Derrick Henry. You take Henry's line off of their books and Buffalo is allowing an average of 87 total yards per game to opposing running back groups. Just that one other TD complete on the season. Uh, and Robinson again, with the heel injury, he's going to play. Uh, I don't see any reason for them to not play him this week. If he's, if he could have played last week, it's just not a good matchup.
1: See, you kept going down the list and I'm like, Oh, we are going to actually match here. Um, and then you stop at a guy that's got an injury, and I'm like, come on. You just passed all the guys with the injuries. Um, keep going down the we list. We know
0: he's playing this week. It's all the same with McCaffrey, I guess. We yeah. know. Uh, we heard McCaffrey's going to play. So. <laughs> so
1: keep going down the list. And like I said, I feel a little dirty saying that this is a stay away because the price isn't exactly very rich. But I absolutely want nothing to do with Damian Harris this week going on the road and facing Carolina.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> i
1: mean when when you look at carolina and let me get some numbers here so i can support my stance um since i can't understand my handwriting um you will find that there are 31 uh come on computer T- tonight is the is playing tricks and treats with me there are 31 teams that give up more points fantasy points to running backs than the carolina panthers
0: yeah i, I could see that uh I mean, I, I think that I mean they gave a few passing uh, receptions to Corderell this past week and the Falcons, but, uh, yeah, in general, they've been pretty, pretty good. I think they ranked seventh in terms of yards uh, to the running back, uh, opposing rushing attacks.
1: And they're at home, and you never know with a Bill Belichick running back. He's been great season to date so far. In DFS, I'm steering clear this week.
0: Yeah, I, again, I mean, it, 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 he's one of those weird situations where his price, like you said, isn't super high. But looking, yeah, looking at their history this year, the only running back to do much of anything against that offense there's actually two—I take like two running backs to do much of anything against this offense: Ezekiel Elliott and Delvin Cook. Uh, both of those guys are a full one and a half tiers above Damian Harris in my mind. So again, yeah, you're you're not getting the. Normal bargain that you're getting in Damian Harris because he's over six thousand. When Damian Harris was in that $5,500, 5800 range on DraftKings, uh, he made a good volume play because he knew he was going to get the uh, uh, main amount of carries. But again, I yeah I agree with you there. I don't think he's worth six thousand this week, so he is a stay away, even though his price isn't astronomical.
1: Yep. So who's your value play at running back?
0: My value play at running back this week is. The guy that I should have named as my value play as a running back last week, I chose his teammate who did basically jack squat. Uh, the guy I'm choosing my value play this week is Boston Scott. We, we 5, talked about 5200 on DraftKings.
1: We talked about this, didn't we? Uh,
0: 6300 on Fanduel. I, I I well, I chose Gainwell last week. I really thought that he was going to be featured there, and, and Nick Sirianni basically cloned the entire the entire fantasy world. Played Jordan Howard. Speak speak about retread running backs coming back into the league. I didn't realize Jordan Howard was still out there. Obviously, he was on their practice squad. They activated him. Uh, Over the last four weeks, no team has allowed more running back scores than the Chargers. This is really amazing because that four-week span includes the Chargers' bye week. (laughs) Scott got the majority of the early work uh, before ultimately splitting touches with Jordan Howard and eventually Gainwell last week. But it looks like Scott's going to be the primary ball carrier there while Sanders is out. And again, based on the doghouse Sanders was at the start of the year, uh, that doghouse may last throughout the rest of the season.
1: So we get a half star for this one. Um
0: you chose Jordan Howard. I
1: chose Jordan Howard. I saved $600. <laughs> I mean, Jordan Howard could have five carries for two touchdowns again.
0: I was going to say, I think we might see some James Conner-looking lines from Jordan Howard. Yes, week.
1: and it is a complete, If by putting him in as my value play, it is absolutely touchdown dependent. However, it is a matchup that I think will warrant a few one- to two-yard handoffs inside the five-yard line at the goal line that Mr. Howard's pretty adept at converting.
0: Again, last four weeks, most running back touchdowns allowed despite playing only three games.
1: There you go. So we're getting a half star on that. If we push, that's going to be the one that puts us over. Vegas might
0: not like that, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Good thing we're setting the lines and not Vegas. Exactly. All right, let's see if we can knock one out here with a wide receiver that we're going to pay up for. I had trouble with this.
0: You know I did too, and it was mainly because I actually liked a lot of the wide receiver matchups this week. Yeah. Um, I decided to go with a little bit less, the the lesser obvious choice, I think. I mean, I'm going to go with Tyree Kill. Uh, He obviously scored a touchdown earlier today. Uh, Again, we're watching this and recording this during the Monday night football game, uh, Chiefs versus Giants. But uh, they're going to be back at home facing Green Bay. Green Bay's without their top two cornerbacks right now. Uh, and I think kills is kind of due for like a, just a big blow up game.
1: He is. And I don't disagree with that. So yeah, you know what? Devonte Adams even love his matchup better, but we already know we don't know what's up with him from a COVID standpoint. Um, I like Tyreek not quite as much, but I, I do like him. Then I look at Debo Samuel. That's probably one of the few in the top five to 10 that I was just a little bit iffy on. Um, Stefan Diggs, keep waiting for him to have that blow-up game also, right? If this was in Mm -hmm. Buffalo, I'd probably like it even more than being on the road in Jacksonville. So I did tell you I almost paid up for Pat Mahomes. So it makes sense that I would have wanted to possibly stack him with Tyreek Hill. But I didn't go that way. And then I went Josh Allen, but I'm not stacking him and Stefan Diggs together. Instead, I went with the other guy that would have been a stack for me. I told you I like Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. I like Jamar Chase. I can pay up for Jamar Chase, but I'm still saving a couple hundred bucks here or there to get some of these more middle-line wide receivers into the lineup.
0: Okay, well I just found some numbers here, too, on my, on my recommendation here. Uh, so, again, I like to always back up my uh, predictions with statistics, because I think that's important to do. Uh, over the past five games, the Green Bay Packers have faced four alpha wide receiver ones. Those, were, those wide receiver ones, Deontay Johnson, Nine catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, your recommendation for today. Six catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, seven catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, they also had Elvin uh, Elvin, Ellen Rod- Robinson mixed in there. He didn't do very much, but again, I think he's kind of lost that uh, alpha wide receiver one uh, edge that he used to have. Yeah. And then last week, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, started the game with two catches for 66 yards and a long one early before leaving and bouncing back in and out of the lineup with the uh, injury. So his numbers were kind of stunted because of the injury. But, yeah, all these big-time wide receiver ones absolutely lighting up the Green Bay secondary. Tyreek's next for that role.
1: Yeah, so you look at, at the Browns, and they've got some injuries that they're dealing with in their secondary. You know, week one, Tyreek blew them up for 37-plus points. You had week two, Brandon Cooks went off for over 20 points. Week three, the Bears, they didn't do much of anything, of course, because they're the Bears. Um, Week four, you had Justin Jefferson go for 20-plus. And then week five is when you saw Mike Williams go off for over 35 points. Then you had the following week where DeAndre Hopkins was at 20 points, and you had Christian Kirk almost hit 20 points, and A.J. Green at almost 20 points. And then last week, Cortland Sutton at 11.8 points. I think that's your floor. Right, of course, you don't want a floor like that, but that's your floor. I think that a big game is in the making for for Chase this week, and I do think that there's going to be quite a bit of garbage time for him. So,
0: yeah, and again, I, I think that Chase proved a couple of weeks ago when he absolutely clowned Marlon Humphrey that he is legit, pretty much massive ma- matchup proof at this point.
1: Yes, don't disagree with that, and I think that if he were on any other team, his name wasn't you know Chase as a rookie his price tag would be probably 10, 15, 20% higher. Oh, totally. So, all right. Who are we staying away from this week?
0: My stay away this week, uh, I say with a heavy heart that I must stay away from Justin Jefferson, 7,500 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. Minnesota travels on the road to Baltimore. Uh, all season long, I've re- Repeated over and over again how Baltimore takes out opposing wide receiver ones. Jamar Chase is the only wide receiver one to do anything against them this year. Uh, The next closest was Michael Pittman, who I think finished with like 14 or 15 points against them. Uh, At that point, I'm not even sure Michael Pittman was officially the wide receiver one at Indianapolis that week, though. Uh, Again, Chase obviously went ham against them, but no other wide receiver one has done anything against them. Vikings are in a complete tailspin on both offense and defense right now. Facing Baltimore on the road isn't going to help this.
1: So the first name I wrote down as my stay away was JJ, Justin Jefferson. But then I have to keep looking at the list, and I'm like, oh, Mike Williams. Sorry, Mike, you're going to be on my list to stay away. And I was like, oh, he's only 7,100, 7,300. Oh, wait, CeeDee Lamb's got not a very good matchup. He's at home, so I can't put him down. So I cross him off. And I wind up crossing Mike Williams off, and I go back to JJ. So I was like, you know what? I've got to go away Go away from the guy that's got the higher value and salary to keep people honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm staying away from Justin Jefferson also.
0: Well, there's our, there's our push, right?
1: That is our push.
0: Okay. Well, so the value play this week for me at wide receiver is someone that we've talked about a little bit already today. I'm going to take Ellen Lazard at 4,600 on DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. I'm going to use this as my run-it-back play alongside Tyreek Hill to get some exposure to the Packers' offense in this game. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, he is already back from the COVID list, and Devontae Adams isn't. So there is a 1-in-10 chance, maybe, that he's the wide receiver 1 this week for Green Bay. And even if he isn't the wide receiver one, if Adams does come back, Lazard will still be the second-best option for Rodgers to throw to, particularly now that Robert Tunyon is done for the year. So, again, you like to have have opposition exposure in games with your stack. If you're stacking Mahomes and Hill, putting a guy like Lazard is much easier to fit into your lineup from a build construct rather than trying to fit in Hill and Adams.
1: So, yeah, not my... Not my value play. Not going to say I dislike it at all. Um, Same thought process I'd have is that you had. My biggest concern would be if he's your only legitimate wide receiver, then let's just shut him down. Um, Instead.
0: I'm not sure Casey can shut down anyone right now.
1: This is true. Um, Sad, but true. Instead, I'm going with a guy that there were some pretty good expectations coming into the season. He was injured, he's a rookie but he's coming off of a bye week and I think that helps and he's playing at home and I think that helps and he's playing the Vikings and I think (laughs) that might help. Um, and I also think that his ownership will be a little bit lower because Marquise Brown had a pretty good week last week, right?
0: Yeah, Um, he did. He had such a good week that, uh, his price on FanDuel shot up way too high. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I'm going with Rashad Bateman. Um, it, all the, you know, just to be honest, it's, it's a riskier play. The values there from a price standpoint. I just think that we see, coming off a of buy, some manufactured plays to get him involved, and we see him make some plays this weekend.
0: Well, here's the thing. I would absolutely have loved if this game was in Minnesota and Bateman got a chance to play in front of his uh, collegiate home uh, stadium fans, uh, I should say, here in Minnesota for this game. Obviously, they're playing in Baltimore, so that won't get to happen. But uh, uh, we've talked about Bateman on and off for the last uh, few weeks here because I really, really like him going forward. I think he's a much more reliable receiver than, than Hollywood Brown. And going forward, there is going to be a point, either some point this season or early next season, where he will be the wide receiver one in Baltimore. I'm sorry. It's not going to be Hollywood. It's going to be Bateman eventually.
1: Correct. I agree. So... Um... So anyway, my dog is snoring in the background, and it kind of threw me for a minute because it sounded like my wife started a chainsaw. Um, (laughs) Anyway, okay, so we didn't match there, but two good thought processes. We need to take the over into the tight end realm. So go ahead and tell me who you're paying up for at the tight end position.
0: Um, I actually went down the list a little bit this time because, as we talked about in the past, sometimes if you've got lots of players that you like at their current price— I like to pay up for the one that's the least of those players. Yep. Uh, so I decided to settle on Mike Gusecki. The guy actually stayed away from this past week. Now, no team has allowed more than six tight end scores all season this year. Houston, on the other hand, well, they've allowed five tight end scores in just the last four weeks. Gusecki, as we thought would have expected, he had a bad week last week. We kind of predicted that. I think we both had him as a stay away. I know I did. Uh, but I think he's going to get on track just fine this week against Houston.
1: So, we don't have a match. Um, and I did something I don't normally do, and I went down the list also for my payup. up um, I went with Dallas Goddard, who look, Jalen Hurts only completed nine passes, Gardner Minshew two, so that's 11 completed passes. Goddard caught six of those passes. They combined for 114 yards. Goddard Caught seventy-two of those yards. If there's a safe receiving threat, and I'm using air quotes now, <laughs> on the Philadelphia offense at this point, it is Goddard against a team that can be got from the tight end position.
0: Well, and you, you don't have to sweat that pick too much because his price is down. I mean, yes, he is the number nine priced tight end on DraftKings, but he's actually the sixth highest priced tight end on FanDuel. Yeah, uh, and Gasicki for me. Is only $300 more expensive than them. So it, it, they're not too far apart in in these standings here. So I, I have no problem with picking that as my pay up there too.
1: And, and I don't have a problem with Gusecki either, quite honestly. Um, who are we? I think this is where we're going to hit the over. Who are you staying away from?
0: Well, again, I could have taken the easy route and taken Darren Waller. Yep. But we don't know his status yet. I decided not to go there. I thought about taking Kyle Pitts because with no one else there to cover, I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to probably cover Pitts all game. But I decided not to go that route either. Uh, I actually went with Mark Andrews in the same Baltimore game that we, that you like Bateman in uh, against Minnesota. Minnesota is not allowed a tight end to score all season. They're allowing an average of only three and a half receptions and 47 yards to the position as a whole. Uh, And I believe that Rashad Bateman is going to ultimately start stripping targets, not just from Hollywood Brown, but also from Andrews.
1: Yeah. So I don't, dislike it at all Um, but you did touch on the guy I'm staying away from and he's had a pretty good season so far to date even though he got a little got out the gates a little bit slow but for a rookie it's understandable I'm staying away from Kyle Pitts this week Um, just not in love with the price not in love with the matchup not in love with the fact that they're on the road Um, no reason why they can't put Marshawn Lattimore on Kyle Pitts and treat him like a big wide receiver so yeah I think he's a risky play
0: yeah, I, I think the best, uh, the best thing for him would be if Marshawn decides to stay on the outside and guard either Russell Gage or Al- Almedy, uh, Zacchaeus, or uh, uh, Blake, or whoever else they have in the lineup. Why just hear Corderell Patterson. Uh, but yeah, I, I have a strange feeling Pitts is probably going to see a lot of uh, solid shadow coverage in that game with Kelvin Ridley, uh, MIA currently.
1: Gotcha. So this, no pressure, no pressure at all. But this is for the true over um, after starting out four in a row. Who is your value play at the at the tight end position?
0: Oh, this was such a hard call for me this weekend. And, and again, it, for people that didn't see my apology on Twitter this past week, I apologized for misconstruing my notes on last week for recommending Durham Smythe instead of Tommy Sweeney as the Buffalo tight end in the Buffalo versus Miami game. I had them both next to each other on my sheet, Uh, the copied and pasted over to my other sheet with my notes. And for some reason, another Smythe's name got copied instead of Sweeney's name. But obviously, like I I mentioned that on Twitter. So hopefully people forgive me that mistake Uh, this week. My value play. I'm going to go with a veteran. I'm going to go with Mr. Jared Cook of the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim. They're in Philadelphia. Uh, Philly is tied for the most tight end scores allowed. They have allowed the most receptions to the position on the season. And and Cook, he did very little in week eight. So he's going to kind of be out of sight, out of mind as far as ownership, I think, goes. But he did have two touchdowns in his previous three games uh, before their bye. So at 3,300, if he catches a touchdown, he's already got three times value. Uh, so I really, really like them this week on DraftKings. The 5200 on FanDuel is it's pretty much bottom of the barrel pricing there. You're never going to get that ridiculously low pricing for tight end on FanDuel, but again, 5200 is serviceable.
1: So I cheated. Um, I wrote down a name, and I crossed it out, and then I wrote down another name and I crossed it out, and then I just circled both of them and said I'm paying up for both. I'm, I'm going to use both these guys. It's my value play. Um, so that means I got a two a two for a shot here of matching you. Um, When you said, I'm going with a veteran, I really thought you were going to match my first name, which really would be a long shot.
0: Mercedes Lewis. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, (laughs) I thought about (laughs) Mercedes.
1: Because I want some exposure to that game. And I felt that at $2,900, that's the cheapest way to get it. Mercedes could easily, with Robert Tanyan being out now um, due to his ACL injury, it was an ACL, I believe, right? Um, he could easily have a five-catch, 30-yard, two-touchdown type game.
0: Well, I, even since his big breakout seasons uh, several years ago with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, he had a couple of seasons where he was a six, seven, eight touchdown guy. Again, never a huge amount of yardage, never a huge amount of receptions, but he was kind of that goal line tight end option yeah. that would score a, a fair amount of touchdowns each year. But even since then, he's always been kind of that presence around the goal line where – it's like if you'd see him line up out there, he was almost always uh open because of the fact that everyone would put three guys on Devonte Adams well, mostly. Well, that but, <laughs> and he's
1: a heck of a blocker, so you don't think that he's in there necessarily as a receiver, right? So he Yeah, but he is a capable the receiver. He's Oh, the, and the catch that didn't count this weekend, that was a fantastic touchdown catch.
0: That was absurd. It really was.
1: I mean, it truly, what was he? Half a foot um from a half, and a not half of an actual foot, half of an actual human foot from it being a touchdown. I mean, it was a phenomenal catch. So, yeah, I mean, he's got some, his floor is probably lower than Cook's, but guess what? The second name I wrote on my list was Jared Cook. Um, Jared Cook's your more traditional, hey, he could probably have five to six catches, 40, 50, 60 yards, and maybe a touchdown. Um, Mercedes probably gonna be a little more touchdown dependent, but I actually think you see him, so... That's where I cheated. I took them both. So if we take a half a star for that and a half a star for the Philly running backs, we hit the over. I have ruled. That is the way it is. Call it. Hey,
0: played two tight ends this week. I love the double tight end.
1: No, I'm not playing two tight ends.
0: <laughs> All right. So there you have it. I actually it. put together a lineup on fan ball this week with three tight ends this past week. Oh, it, did, it didn't work out for me, but uh, I, I, I went with Hunter Henry uh, I went with uh, Tyler Higbee, and I went with Kyle Pitts. Uh, to, their combined Fanball price for the three of them was like fourteen thousand. Yeah, it allowed me to put together a, a great lineup around them. But yeah, no, it, it would have worked out better if Higbee and or Henry and or Pitts would have done anything, but none of the three of them did.
1: Right. <laughs> so, as in the case of Harley, you know, apologizing for a mistake we all make them. But that's when you can hit us up on Twitter to say, hey, did you really mean to say that? Um, So you can follow Harley at Nuclear Harley. You can also chastise him or myself at my Twitter of Steve Gallo NFL. Of course, you can double-check stuff at thehuddle.com if you're not a member there already. Get on it. And you know what? It's getting colder outside. And you know what? Have an adult beverage or two to keep yourself warm, even though it doesn't technically warm your body. But when you do it, get blitzed as possible. Cheers.